Visible is a wireless carrier that is not invisible. It is pretty clear from the name, actually, radio waves are invisible. And I can say this with authority as a licensed amateur radio operator. That being said, Visible won't be giving you the power to see light outside the visible spectrum. It's actually way better because having that ability would make getting around very difficult and distracting. What you do get with Visible is unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. You get one line of wireless, just $25 a month, which is great in these times of economic uncertainty. That is one line for $25, taxes and fees included. So whatever you're doing at this moment, please stop. Switch immediately. Now, monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Wir gerne sehen in was ist los. It's dein Freundo Seth. I'm learning German. Yeah, in case you didn't know what that was. That is me trying to impress you with the little German that I know. Right now, I am actually learning German. I took it in high school. I goofed off the entire time. I did some other language learning apps. They taught me things like where the taxi stand is and how to find a bus, um, but not a lot of conversational uh German. Thankfully, that's what Babbel is all about. Babbel teaches you language conversationally, which let's face it, that is what you want to know anyway. I don't know. When I was in school, you learned like how to count. You learned like the colors. You learned the shapes. Those are all important things, but they don't help you when you're in uh, like Cologne, Germany with Ein Nierenstein, which by the way is German for kidney stone, uh, an experience I can unfortunately speak personally to. But I've been using Babbel to learn to speak German again, uh, better than I have before. I actually really like it because it is conversational. It's a little bit more relaxed. One of the things that it does that I really like is it'll sometimes show you what the literal English translation is. And I don't know why, but I find that very helpful in sort of understanding the structure, the grammar of a language and sort of putting myself into that mind space. Since I'm only in Germany for Gamescom, which is like a week, week and a half, I'm not immersed in the German language. I'm not immersed in German culture. So what I do is the second best thing. I'm taking Babbel. Hopefully this year when I go to Germany, I'll be able to impress all the Germans with how much German I know from learning through Babbel. The app has pronunciation recognition, so you'll be able to learn how to speak better with your accent, how to actually properly pronounce the words. That way you won't get made fun of by a, a group of older German men because you said Apfelstrudel and not Apfelstrudel. Um, no, it's really cool. Uh, I'm going to say right now there is a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now you can get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners because you guys are the best ones, by the way, at babbel.com slash realm. Get 60% off at babbel.com slash realm. That is spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash realm. Rules and restrictions may apply. And welcome to Nintendo Voice Chat presents Talk of the Kingdom. I still can't believe we get to call it that. I'm your host, Brian Altano, along with my incredible crew of Zelda obsessives, Kat Bailey, Per Schneider, Seth Macy, and Brendan Graber. Hi, everybody. Hello. Hello, hey. Brian. All right. So uh, it's the game is out. We've been playing it for a week. I can't wait to get into our stories. Uh, I assume we all love it. That's why we're here, right? 
No haters here today. Uh, this week on Tears of the Kingdom, we're breaking down the best and most important side quests that you should definitely do first. Then we're taking a look at the craziest, most innovative fan inventions that people are making. Then we'll be talking about how people are torturing Koroks and just how we feel about that. Uh, I'm mixed on it. Plus, we'll be talking about Amiibo integration with the world's most obsessed Amiibo collector, Per Schneider. But first, <laughs> Tears of the Kingdom has been out for a week. How's everybody feeling about it? Uh, I, the, I I personally will say, uh, to kick things off, that uh, how dare this show pull me away from playing the game today. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Hold on, I, Kat. There's something in your ear. Oh. <laughs> Is that an amiibo? <laughs> <laughs> That's the, uh, big, that's the biggest amiibo you could have pulled from her. I, I guess that. I, I know. I've uh, made a mistake. Guardian. Made, yeah, the Guardian. Maybe the illusion was broken by that. Kat, let's start with you. Uh, you know, you've, you've been a Zelda fan your entire life. How how has this first week been for you? My entire life? Okay. I'm going to say that this game definitely has its hooks in me. Okay. And I'm excited to be playing it on the reg. I'm, frankly, I'm a little upset that I'm not playing it right now. See? Having said that. Uh-oh. Having said that, here we go. Let's put some respect on Breath of the Wild's name. Let's stop yeah. calling it a beta for Tears of the Kingdom. I don't think that's it. it at all. I think it's a wildly different game. Uh, Tears yeah. of the Kingdom is a giant toy box, mm -hmm. and I have to say, I didn't grow up with Minecraft, and and I didn't like shop class. So, <laughs> in that respect, like I sort of feel like I'm not using all of the things that they put in to the maximum extent. I don't. Like, I tend to walk past all of the things that I can use to build vehicles. I'm not that excited to do it. Yeah. I'm excited to play it in a fairly straightforward manner. I do like the new abilities. They're very cool. Mm -hmm. um, I think that Breath of the Wild um, had more of a, an atmosphere to it. I mean, you were surviving in a desolated world. Uh, there were the guardians that were chasing you around. And yes, it was more limited, but I think that there is uh, something to be said for be more limited rather than going for like going crazy. This game is gigantic. Yes. I cannot believe it. It's ridiculous. And so I'm I'm enjoying it on its own terms. Right. And I, I think it's really good and I like the the darkness to it. And the the sheer scope just constantly has me in awe. But I also think it's a very different game. Mm -hmm. And so I'm thinking of it in those terms. And I think it says a lot about Tears of the Kingdom that it can win me over even though it's core conceit is not my favorite thing in a video game fair yeah i mean there, there is a heavy emphasis on building stuff and if that's not something uh you want to do or something that you, paris slowly introducing amiibo throughout yeah. the show on the good desk. one what are you talking um, about and he owns oh. all of them so i'm i'm worried how crowded this, this desk is going to collapse under the weight of of, of plastic scannable toys by the end of this episode um no i i'm in the same boat uh cat i i i love the game but i yeah i am i'm going by those little you know I, ikea shops that are uh spread all over the place that's a good way to put it because yeah. I know that like I could spend 20 minutes building a car that I'll that will explode or I can just run. <laughs> so um, but yeah, we'll get into some of the crazier fan creations uh, later on. Pear, uh, how's your first week with the game been? Oh man, I, I you know I didn't get to play it before launch. I saw somebody play it, and it was it was honestly torture to have to wait till launch day. And mm -hmm. uh, you know I preloaded it, and then my kids said, "What? We want to preload it." So we had four copies ready <laughs> at launch, and then recreated the scene when Breath of the Wild came out, where everybody's sitting on the couch playing together, and we had my right. daughter FaceTiming in from Tokyo. And oh my we're god, all playing together, wow. and people were like, just people were sharing discoveries, and it was just. 
just a really wonderful moment. I think to your point on Breath of the Wild, Breath of the Wild is its own game. But what I think is so remarkable about uh, uh, Tears, of, Tears of the Kingdom is how it feels the way it feels and it works the way it works because Breath of the Wild existed. Yeah. There's, we learned a lot of things about how this world works and the things you could do. And you, you learned, oh, I can pick up magnetic things and I can you know, hit things and make them fly into the air. And then this game just goes, okay, all those tools are gone. Uh-huh. The world is similar, but time has passed. And the you'll often have this Gandalf moment where you go, I have no memory of this place, <laughs> right? Like you're in a familiar place, but it's different. Yeah. And then, and then you're asked to solve the problems differently. And in some cases, it almost feels like you're cheating mm-hmm. because like you worked so hard in Breath of the Wild to solve a certain puzzle. And in this game, you go, broom. And you go through the ceiling, you're like, I don't care about that anymore. Right, right. And I just think that the feel that feeling is just so cool of having to uh, having to like learn these new tools and then solve things in an un- unorthodox way. And that's why I think this game works so well is because Breath of the Wild was so great and established this language. Mm-hmm. And then secondly, there is a really different vibe here because when you're jumping you know out of the sky and you're following into the hole into into a hole in the ground and you hear like boromir's horn like blow as you fall into the depths you're like i'm in trouble like there's this sort of oppressive (laughs) weird netherworld like upside down feel to this to the underground that just gives this game a completely different flavor where some people may go i don't want to go there yeah i'm going to stay up I've spent most of or, or significantly more time in the depths than I have in the sky. And I did oh, not, wow. I, yeah, I did not anticipate that going in, but it, it's just like, it's uh, extremely punishing and, you know, just kind of Miyazaki as heck down there. Like there's poison swamps everywhere and you lose hearts, you know, semi-permanently. And for all the risk, there's reward, there's treasures, there's yeah. the clearing out that fog of war sort of is, is an incredible feeling. And just seeing how massive that map is, finding just how bleak and oppressive and, and miserable and dark and scary it is down there, uh, fighting super evil versions of enemies that uh, live above. I've, I've really, really gravitated towards that part of the game. And I did not anticipate that. We didn't know about it going in, but I thought I'd spend so much time in the sky and I'm... Yeah. I'm I'm not really interested in being in the sky so much. I want to go down in the depths. But but even like even the sky, you know, there it's obviously very sparsely populated with islands and right. things. And my first issue with the game was like I'm having a hard time remembering if I've been to these little sky islands and, and what I've done. But they're really smart with how they place uh, the shrines, right? Yeah. Like you may, um, yeah, I'll, I'll be careful not to spoil sections of the game. You'll you'll find something in the sky and you can't get in, mm-hmm. but the game goes, but there's a shrine. And not only are you getting the reward of being able to do a cool little puzzle dungeon right. and like, and we could talk a little bit more about that, like solving it in a way where you as a player often feel like I'm the only person in the world who solved this dungeon this way mm-hmm. and I did it in a really terrible way that I don't want to tell anybody about, right? Like, But you get the reward of that puzzle dungeon and then you get a map marker that you can instantly warp to. Mm-hmm. And so you remember, oh, I got to come back then. You place your little sticker yep. on the map. I just think the gameplay loop and the setup of this, this game, it's so impressive and it's so fun and I never get where I want to go because there's so many things to do and the side quests are actually interesting. It's got little Majora's Mask-like side quests in the towns, right? Yep. Um, and then I think, 
who were the people who bug tested this game and how many <laughs> decades have they been working on this I game? I don't understand it's, it. It's crazy. I don't understand it. You can go uh, outside of the shrines where like, sometimes you're limited by your Zonai devices, but you can go into any part of any room anywhere in the world. I don't understand that. Like you could build, you could go, I was, I was in a room and I was like, there's something interesting up in that corner there, but I don't think they want me to go there, but I just built like a device that brought me up there and I was banging my head against the ceiling and then ascended <laughs> through it and ended up somewhere else. And I'm like, how do you test that? I just don't, I cannot understand it. Um, the purity of that, you can see also the evolution of their game design, because I bet you that game for the longest time did not have coordinates markers under its map, under yeah. the little thing. And then they started playing with 3d space and they're like well it's like link to the past in the light in the dark world there's this one moment in link to the past that i loved spoiler for a very old game where there's a heart container up on a ledge and the way to get it is to travel you know travel through time where you know a piece of that mountain doesn't exist you go there you travel back and then you're on top of the mountain and this yeah. game does this all the time where like a locked room or a portion of the cave you can just go through the ceiling and access it it's just so cool mm -hmm. and the and the coordinates may uh, make it now possible to actually plan and test it, you know? Yeah, I was comparing it to Red Dead Redemption 2, mm -hmm. a game oh, yeah. where is ostensibly a big sandbox, but I was trying to do a lot of different things, like, I don't know, rob a bank or mess around with the train mechanics, and I was constantly felt like I was bumping into an invisible wall. And Ooh, this yeah. is the case for a lot of open world games where the mechanics just don't allow you to do a lot of the things that you actually want yep. to do. And Tears of the Kingdom, it often feels like whatever dumb idea I have, I'm probably going to be able to make it work. And that mm -hmm. is a really cool and liberating feeling. Yeah. Remember Horizon Zero Dawn, right? Where she could she could leap through the air and shoot arrows into giant robots and, and just be like badass and kick ass. And, but she can't hop this little fence. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, that's so, that is so immersion breaking. But we, we kind of got used to the language of video games. Like that door can't be opened. That door can be opened. We mm -hmm. kind of learned it over time to ignore the things that would work in the real world. And somehow in this game, like it just all works. I mean, we used to call it uh, like, uh, I would call it skyrimming up a mountain. Right. Yeah. Which is like not a real ways. Yeah. Just like it, you're not supposed to. <laughs> and Horizon had a lot of that, too, where you're like, I don't think I'm supposed to be here, but I'm going to go up it anyway. Uh, Seth, yes. I, I know how excited you were for this game. Uh, having you on the, uh, the the episodes in the last few weeks where people who have played the game uh, get to talk to you about it as you just kind of sat there with your with your mouth open. A gate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'll let you say that word. I didn't want to do it. Uh, how, 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 agape. Agape. Uh, how are you liking it? Well, uh, similar to Cat, I want to give a shout out to Breath of the Wild, which was my all-time favorite game. And I sort of felt some of the same things, Cat, that you described when I first started, like that I missed from Breath of the Wild, that feeling of like the danger when you first see a guardian and it's like way across an open field and it's just like crawling around you're like i don't i don't think i should i should be there and i wasn't sold 100 percent on tears of the kingdom as far as a successor to breath of the wild i was like man this is an incredible game what an achievement but i don't know and then i did my first dungeon and i was like oh okay oh, yeah. yeah this is the best game ever made it's the best zelda game ever made i don't want to stop playing it i'm very upset most of the day that I'm at work, not because of work, but because I'm not playing this game. I can hear my oldest playing it in his room right now. Can I tell, can I tell you a quick crazy. secret, Seth? Are you? Yo, are, do you have a bunch of IGN employees on your friends list on Switch? 
Uh, actually, I don't. Okay, yeah, because uh, that's the quickest way to find out that everyone you work with is playing this game <laughs> yep. during the day. <laughs> everyone. Like, I, I don't know if they know about airplane mode, but like, if when you turn that thing on, it just goes bing, 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 and you get just all the people in all these apartments. People I'm, I'm in meetings with, but I'm on there too, so it's like I can't yeah. judge, right? <laughs> on the, like, well, on you know, launch day, the pop-up wouldn't oh stop. Oh my god! It was like blink, blink, well, blink. I was gonna say I, the people that are I on my friends off. list. Yeah. That first. Like that first day I'm playing it and I see somebody like log on and they're playing Mario Kart. I'm like, what is your deal guy? And then somebody comes on, they're playing Splatoon. I'm like, yeah, with the program. And then by Tuesday, because I know that a lot of people's games didn't actually arrive if they right. were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And by Tuesday, it has been nothing but every single person on my friends list. Tears of the kingdom, tears of the kingdom, tears of the kingdom. And I, it's just, it's I, incredible. I saw somebody playing like a uh, Nintendo switch online and you uh, slap like, it out of their hands. Yeah. And it just reminded me of that scene in uh, Charlie and the chocolate factory where like all the kids in class are like, I bought a hundred candy bars. And they're like, what about you, Charlie? And he's like one. And the teacher's like one, one. Walkabout. What? Yeah. Like this is a global. <laughs> yeah. No, it's a, uh, it's, it's been wonderful to see Brendan. You, I, I you've probably played more hours than everyone here combined uh, times three, maybe like, you're, you're you're helping to head up our guide coverage which has been incredible to see Amazing. just to watch that grow you're are you are, how many korok seats have you found like i don't even know where to start with you like i'm like that that steam review you see where it says like 150 hours played yeah. it's okay <laughs> <laughs> uh, but in truth like i've spent my time doing everything and also nothing at the same time right i have I think I spent the first few hours trying to find the main boss, mm -hmm. like Ganon, just go fight him early. And then I did everything except the main quest for like the next 40 hours and then realized I'd probably see what the main story is like and then beeline that and then reload an earlier save to do other fun stuff. And like the main draw for me has just been like find out what's new. And I was kind of worried. Um, like every time I saw the trailer, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm sold in this game, sure, whatever. But what's new? Like I did the guide for Breath of the Wild, so I know an uncomfortable amount of details <laughs> about Breath of the Wild's map. I'm like, is it going to be the same thing over again? I, right. I, I don't know. I'm like, I've been to Kakariko Village. I've gone to Hateno Village. I know these places. Somehow this game made everything feel new. Like I didn't know anything mm. at all. I was just like, whoa, wait, was that always there? Yeah. Why is this path over here now? The, oh, the, the Dueling Peak Stable. Now there's this giant rock in the river. I can't take my horse there. The way they remix the villages, it, especially, yeah, has yeah. been really yeah. cool to see. I just love how it constantly changes your perception of what you thought you knew. And the game takes clever ways to make you go different paths that maybe you didn't really explore the last time, but now they're definitely different. Yeah. It, yeah. I, I run into this all the time. I'm a little older, so my memory may not be as good as as the kids out there. But I'll, you know, I'll be in a corner of the map, and I I, I say out loud, "Wait, was I?" Was that in the last game? Was I able to go into this room? And then one of my sons always goes like, no, you see that toppled statue? Uh -huh. The statue used to stand up in front of the doorway and you could never go into the rooms beyond. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I, I did uh, Eventide Island because, I mean, I'm a huge Link's Awakening fan, so I had a beeline to the big island where they, you know, in the last game took away all your stuff, left you naked and afraid. Um, and in this game, it's like completely remixed and there's all these new things to do. And then there's a quest afterwards and it all really surprised me. And I love that they took, I don't know if, you, if any of you have found them, uh, I'm, Brandon, I'm sure you have, because you've like 100% of the game already. Crazy man. Um, <laughs> 101, got all the bananas. <laughs> uh, the, 
they took that idea from Eventide Island where yes. they take your stuff away and they put it into a bunch of shrines. Mm -hmm. And they're like these microcosmic challenge versions of that uh, uh, concept. And, and they've been just so much fun. And so I think for me, like that discovery has been just really cool this time around is just finding the familiar stuff, seeing how it's remixed, going up to the sky and seeing new things and then going down below and being like, this is all different down here. So the brilliant thing about that is that how they're, they have this giant toy box that's just filled to the brim with creatures and enemies and tools and and vehicle parts and like all these different types of foods and things and they always explain what's new with each food but at one point i, I kept on finding so many new ones i'm just like flipping through and ignoring right. what you can do with them and then they do when they take away your equipment that you've gotten used to they force you to experiment with something you might not yes. have right and so one of the shrines where they take away your stuff is you kill an enemy with a stick like you got nothing right and they leave behind like an ice fruit or something like that and then you go oh okay let me try freezing enemies and to some players that may be the first time they've ever yep. frozen an enemy but like they do this really cool game design of like giving you a lot of stuff and then limiting yourself like carefully to make your experiment which I, did any of you so do the one with like the there's like the roombas and you can just glue random garbage to them and they just annoy all the zonai and you <laughs> I just I glue a bunch of spikes to them yeah and like I, I i stuck a sword to the front of one of them's head and it just went up and the the zonai are like <laughs> and it's just getting stabbed the shrines seem a lot more extensive yeah a lot more clever this time around i agree yeah they were good before i mean obviously they were incredibly influential in playing jedi survivor and it's obvious that it goes Hey, you know what was really cool? This looks familiar. Mm -hmm. yeah. Those shrines in Breath of the Wild. I'm like, yes, please get that out of my Jedi game. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Tears of the Kingdom seems to have taken those concepts and been like, okay, let's kind of let players go wild with their creativity. And it feels like every shrine is a little bit different than just uh, toting a ball around and putting into a slot. Yeah. I, I, hope, I, I hope players look for the bonus chest in each one of the shrines because mm -hmm. and also in the temples right if you you can't find every chest in the overworld it's it's and it's honestly not worth it but the the locations of the treasure chests in the temples are freaking smart as hell sometimes there there's like you know in one of the temples there's a a hole in a wall and you can see a treasure chest behind a grate on the other side oh i just did, get I, to it I, yeah can you solve this for me because i got stuck on that this morning yeah, okay spoiler <laughs> for spoiler for 30 seconds of so fast forward if you don't want to hear it you can use your ultra hands to almost reach the treasure chest but you can't so you have to take something long like drop a spear mm -hmm. or use an icicle glue it to the treasure chest and lift it with the ultra hand through the hole in the wall into your reach that was like yes. a moment right out of like a a, a prison movie where like so getting the keys on the other yeah. side of the jail cell. Yeah. And it's like I guarantee you, every player went looked underneath. Can I get into the room from underneath? Is there a destructible wall? Because Zelda has taught us for decades that you can blow up a wall and get into a room, and none of that worked. And like I, I my son was sitting next to me. I'm like, well, there's got to be a reason for that hole in the in the world. And he was he was like, it's just a wisp of cloud. He was doing the uh, he was doing yeah. the whole like, oh no, that's just decoration. I'm like this. No way <laughs> Nintendo just puts this decoration in one place. There's a reason for it. There's there's well, a lot of, uh, like, I forgot this was in the back of my fridge happening with yep. this game, right? Where you go yeah. to cook dinner and you're like, oh, yeah, I, I oh, man, I had... <laughs> 
I have that. Oh man. Oh. Like the amount of times I've forgotten that I have a, a recall or ascend, I'll just be climbing up something and look up and I'll be like, Oh, I got to just, you know, teleport it up through that thing. Like first time I yeah. found the well, I'm like, how do I just get up here? Like how do I get out? <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, that's right. Just, well, just, I, I'm going to say, I would bet money that there's somebody listening or watching right now. Who's yelling at pair being like, that's not how I did it at all. I <laughs> used yeah, something. Probably. Yeah, but it, but what's fun is if you don't get the treasure chest at first, when there are icicles around, when you come back later, the icicles are gone. Oh, and so like if you're reading a walkthrough and it's like hmm, just use an icicle, it's like there aren't any, so then you gotta improvise, right? So I will say, you drop your stick yep. on the ground, use a spear. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, I I, I want to keep talking about our our adventures uh, across uh, above and below High Rule. Uh, I do want to get to some uh, more specific stuff. Um, Brennan, you uh, have done tons and tons of side quests in this game. You've been working on the guide. Um, I thought we'd check in with you and maybe catch up on some of the side quests that people absolutely shouldn't miss or some of the best ones, the coolest ones, or the best rewards. Um, there's an overwhelming amount of things to do in this game. And it is, I don't know if you're anything like me, incredibly easy to get distracted and go to follow something. And then and five days later, you're on a completely different vision quest. Um, so yeah, uh, Brennan, let's break down some of the cool stuff that people should do in this game on the side quest side of things. Yeah, there's definitely a lot. And uh, I like that Nintendo kind of subtly guides you in a path that gives you a lot of quests. Like though, when you get the regional phenomena, like, oh, each four regions, they'll be like, oh, have you went to Rito Village? That that place is kind of nearby, mm. you should go there first. And it kind of guides you towards that like area to the Northwest where you stop by the uh, the Hyrule Ridge stable and you're like, oh, there's Impa and the Geoglyphs, better do that quest. Oh, there's a tower up there. Let's go to the tower. Oh, wait, along the way, here's Hestu, that guy with the Korok seeds. So that's like a really good way to just follow that path. And you'll find a lot of interesting early side quests. I think before you get anything else, when you get to the Rito village, there's a stable in front that's now a, uh, a newspaper, the Clover Gazette. Become a reporter. It's is insanely useful. I'm not just saying because we work at IGN and we have reporters. <laughs> you should Cat's definitely like, hey, become one in the that. game. Because it unlocks a whole series of side quests that appear at each table, which don't appear otherwise. If you go there otherwise, you won't see these side quests. Oh. And one of the most important ones is Great Fairy Fountains. Oh, yes. You can't get the quest oh. unless you have a reporter first. Okay. okay. Um, so once you're a reporter, I always uh, go over to the Woodland Stable, which is like north of Hyrule Castle by the Elden and the uh, Great Forest regions. And you'll find someone talking to this uh, traveling musical troupe. And the rules have changed for great fairies. You can't just give money to come out of their, their holes anymore. You have to play music for them with the right musician who has disappeared. And now that you have this quest line, you can start unlocking them in each of the regions that they appear by each table. That is immensely and good to know, I, considering I just keep yeah. knocking on their doors and they're like, bring a flute. And I'm like, I don't know yeah. what you want from me, lady. <laughs> it's too ugly out there. <laughs> yeah, I definitely recommend doing those early because being able to upgrade your armor is essential in this game. Right. Yeah. Otherwise, you're going to be taking a massive damage towards the end of the game. Um, and then once you get the great fairies and start going on the way for the main uh, side quests, there's also some like... I, they're not side quests, they're main quests, but they're not like the main story, mm. which is just surprising to me because the depth quests are hugely important mm. and it feels like for how big the depths are they don't really tell you to go down there a lot which is amazing to me yeah you should so you should definitely go back to lookout landing the, the main little town you start in when you get to the surface 
because uh, the assistant researcher, Josh, is like, oh, I want to go down to the depths. And the old Robbie guy goes down there. And by going down there, you get a, a quest to unlock the camera function for your uh, your pour pad. Oh. And that also unlocks lots of quests that you could do otherwise. Oh. We'd be like, oh, give me a picture of, you know, uh, a choo-choo. And I can make a paraglider skin out of it. Yeah. If you didn't do this quest, you would be able to do otherwise. That also it also unlocks the ability to constantly open the camera instead of ultra hand, which is that's one of my. <laughs> I've done that more times than I admit. I do that way too often. You're just pressing the wrong button. Yes. Yeah, I think Justin said that right. It's totally true. Even after all these hours, I still once in a while I'm like, oh damn. Yeah, I mean, up on the D-pad is ascend, right? Just and keep the, pushing it. The worst thing is yeah. when you're when you're threatening to throw your favorite weapon. Oh you're like, my God. I'm gonna throw it. I'm like, Link, don't you dare! Put it down. Put it down. Yeah, down. This is a boomerang. Mm -hmm. um, I also think uh, a lot of people are asking me like, why are there side quests and side adventures? And for a long time, I didn't know the reason, the difference. I it was really weird to mm. me. They don't never really explain it. I think the official explanation is that. Side quests are kind of like one-offs, like, oh, I'm cooking a recipe. Do you have an apple? Whereas side adventures are kind of like tie-ins to other quest lines mm. around the region. Like the, all the great fairy quests are side adventures. Even if you just meet like a missing drummer and like, I want three bee honey. Like that's a side adventure because it ties into the larger great fairy quest line. So if you find a side adventure, usually they kind of point in the direction of other nearby quests or related quests. You should check those out because they usually unlock something really fun at the end of them. Um, another one, like a side adventure, is the uh, the Hateno Village. It's uh, off in the southeast, I think. Yeah. It was the area with the, where the die shop. And they have a huge quest line for design, like a mayoral campaign versus like a, a fashion uh, designer and like a farmer. And by doing that, you unlock a lot of mini quests, which... Uh, Brian's happy to know that you unlock pizza. I Hell yeah. so I I, uh, I I wanted to look at very little of this game before launch, um, despite having to do the the preview event and stuff like that. And I, I screened Tom's review before it went live, but. I heard about the pizza and immediately was like, Brendan, show me a picture of it. And you did. And I, <laughs> I just found tomatoes and I just got, it's like such a silly thing to get so excited about that. But like, this is one of my favorite games of all time. Pizza's the, the best food ever made. I cannot wait to bring those two loves together. The lore behind why there was no pizza in Breath of the Wild is very strange and hilarious. Oh my God, I can't wait. wait. I'm really glad there's this a really, There's a, I mean, the, there's one really weird thing though. If you cook cheese, it becomes dubious food. Really? And that's just, I mean, there, there are millions of Swiss people who are just very, very angry here. <laughs> yeah. You, so, cook, you could cook cheese, good things you happen. cheese and tabantha wheat, you get cheesy bread, which is oh, amazing. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, well, that's, we'll take that's, that. That's really, so like, almost like a, like a Zelda grilled cheese? Yeah, I, pretty much. We got to stop doing this show before lunchtime. It's dangerous out of here. <laughs> uh, one last quest I want to call out, which is not, not a spoiler. Um, I won't give you too much details on it, but one thing I loved doing this game when I first got into my hands was going to revisit locations that I loved previously or like iconic places. Mm. And so one of those was like, oh, what happened to the Great Plateau? It's where we started the game at Breath of the Wild. And now, and like, you know, years later, what's going on over there? So I went and if you go to a very important location in the Great Plateau, you get a very strange quest. And it gets stranger and stranger. Okay. And it is one of the quests that have me going like, am I doing the right thing? Is, <laughs> should I be doing this quest? And I did it. And like, it gave me so many questions that this game does not answer. And it has mysteries upon mysteries. And I love it. And I can't stop thinking about it. 
And uh, the Great Plateau area itself, like there's a lot of high level enemies now. Right. So it's a little, little, it's a little dicey. But if you go around them, I recommend checking out that area. Okay. I haven't done that yet. Yeah, no, me neither. I, for some odd reason, I've like specifically didn't go back there because I spent so much time getting away from there in Breath of the Wild and being like, all right, sure, good there, sure. done that. You know, time to jump off and do something else. Um, yeah, that that sounds awesome. Brandon, anything else? Um, the the depths quest that I mentioned, the the one that's back at Lookout Landing, you can go back to it after you beat your first temple, which I highly recommend because that gets you. Link's last missing ability on on your wheel. Oh, right. Um, which is a huge quality of life upgrade uh, to get. It's also unlocks a very very fun chain of side quests that is also highly recommended and very entertaining. And then once you do that, you go back to Robbie. He's like, "Oh, I'm finally going back to my lab in Ateno Village," and that's when you can get upgrades for your Pura Pad, mm-hmm. like getting the, the the fast travel medallion that was in the DLC for the oh, last yeah, game, yeah, yeah. and a uh, Hero's Path mode which are, you know, very, very fun to have early in this game. I'm so excited to see all the squiggly lines all over this game on all, th- <laughs> on all three levels. Uh, I will add to like a, a cool thing uh, that's not necessarily a side quest, but like something I definitely um, recommend investigating. If you find a treasure map, uh, chase it down because chances are like the reward for it is really cool and the whole process to get it uh, is is a good time. Um, I, f- I just found a treasure map in the sky the other day and it brought me all the way to the depths, which got me fighting through all sorts of evil remixed versions of uh, familiar enemies plus some new ones um including a what are they called groks <laughs> those Frocks. yeah the, yeah those are those the, are fun. The, the toads yeah they're the eater the light eater turds light eater turds yes uh and after that i opened up a treasure chest which gave me like a really iconic uh zelda helmet mask shaped thing so yeah there's there's definitely lots of chests in the, in the world that are just like oh it's a zonite charge or it's a spear yeah. but the ones you get from old maps are always worth checking out mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. also upgrade your battery if you waited way too long to do that like i did wow how do you do that there's a little there's a little shop right north of the main village uh if you warp to uh lookout landing and just walk like just a couple feet out the top door to, uh, towards the north towards uh the big castle on the right you'll see a little like kind of rock sculpture and you climb up there give the robot there a bunch of your garbage basically runs like a little radio shack and then it'll give you new batteries oh, cool. for your for your hip device nice. uh, pro tip that that quest i mentioned to go back in the depths the second time that will also help you get more battery charges immensely. Ooh, that's good to know. Okay. Kind of yeah. amazing how the- overwhelming this game can feel uh-huh. at times. Uh-huh. Because it's so big. Yeah. So I feel like I'm juggling all of these mechanics in my head all the time. And it's not so much that I want to quit or I'm like just completely overloaded. I think Nintendo has done a really masterful job of laying it all out for me and making it feel engaging and accessible. But there are times where I'm definitely like, this is too much. I can't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's definitely overwhelming. Like it, it's, it's fascinating that I, I played this game for like 40 hours before doing the first temple or before upgrading my battery. I don't have that uh, missing ability yet that mm-hmm. Brennan mentioned, but like, I've just been obsessed with this game and i think that like the controls have clicked with me now finally but if i jumped over to any other game and came back 
both of those games would get destroyed for me for like a good two hours. You know when like you play a bunch of PlayStation or Xbox yeah, yeah, yeah. and you turn on your Switch and oh like my the, God, yes. the DNA back and forward oh. is yeah. So and the stick sprint too. You yeah, know, in the stick to sprint. Like if uh, my, if you if if I started playing Elden Ring again right now, I would like oh, try oh to throw God. my weapons and you know <laughs> ascend through the sky. There'd be it would it would I I played so much last night that to get up to my bedroom, I turned off the TV and the first thing my brain said was hit ascend and you'll be right oh, in your bed dude, like, the other day i was out for a walk in the woods and i was looking at boulders and like they were turning orange in my head because i was like oh i could just lift that boulder up did you find a korok under one yeah, yeah it was i follow this uh this uh famous sh uh chef uh, kenji lopez on twitter he's like or on instagram it's like one of my favorite people to follow and he like tweeted a picture from a dock in seattle the other day that just had a piece of wood there and he's like oh i really want to make a boat out of this and or using ultra hand and everyone was like i have no idea what you're talking about that's so funny and i chimed in and i was just like dude last night i was taking all the dishes out of my dishwasher and uh i was like rotating them on an x and y axis and i was worried if they got too close together they would they'd get stuck <laughs> like it's zelda brain just like we had tetris brain when that game first came out yeah. So. Yeah. it's funny because kenji lopez's cookbook is all about experimentation and building things, i know right? he tests like how do you make a burger the perfect way or when do you salt and season your steak and yeah. all that so it's like he definitely has that experimental mind i had no idea he was he was uh, into zelda in, yeah no it, it totally made my day uh so yeah if you don't want to make dubious food in real life check out his cookbooks that's so good um brennan thank you so much for breaking down all that uh remember ign has the most comprehensive incredibly detailed and super helpful guide uh on the entire internet for this game right now it is exhaustive team. yeah just uh, i mean the amount of people on the ign staff that that pivoted to work on this thing is just incredible uh, more and more korok seeds pop up every single day we have an interactive map we have walkthroughs uh cheats tips everything like there's a item duplication glitch how to get the most rupees we, you know we even have a we launched an experimental tracking system into the guide too oh. that i don't think many people have noticed yet that's oh. going to get built out so sweet uh, hopefully people like that and like kudos to the guide team they put spoiler tags everywhere you can mm -hmm. like expand certain things and they're hidden by default like it's really thoughtful and then we got one more tool that we're working out that's going to roll out oh soon yeah. if you like ign maps i think you'll like this one too who doesn't like ign maps right you guys launched with like 1500 markers on day one that was insane I, yeah i i'm okay. i don't know i seriously like if you're stuck in any single part of this game or uh you want to get better at it even like um casey's uh thing last week breaking down like stuff to do first yeah super yeah. helpful it's very easy to miss the pants yeah. Everybody missed the pants. I missed the pants. Yeah, you missed I, the pants. People, Just this morning, people, missed my pants. Mm -hmm. I heard people talking like, or I didn't hear. I saw people talking about how they're like, oh, I was in 10 hours without the paraglider. Just like mm. flipping around and like just not even realizing that it, that was a thing that you needed to go get. So, yeah. But I, I, I mean, personally, I'm being very precious about certain things. Like I don't. I know there's a limited amount of temples, so I don't want to do them. Me too. Like I'm, I'm like, I'm like, I know I need to go there, but I'm just gonna go this way. It's cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was, I was also like this. You know, being on a sort of golden path is distracting me from just the sheer, you know, uh, nature walk aspect that I have going on right now. Yep. I'm just, I'm just loving. Like, I don't know, I don't know how you all. Play, are playing this game but it's been interesting talking to friends uh who are all like approaching it differently like personally i did 
I did like the closest tower and then unlocked all of the towers counterclockwise. Yeah. So I had fast travel points all over the game and then uh, had a couple of shrines around each one. So I basically had the entire map unlocked before I did anything like really major. Then I dumped mm. some points into stamina early on. So because I know that like that's really, imp really important for climbing towers, for getting over mountains, getting the shrines and stuff like that. And once I felt good with that, I started dumping some stuff into hearts. And now I feel like I'm in a good spot. Can I say something about the towers? Yeah. Like a lot of, obviously this is a game game system that I, I think everybody credits Ubisoft with creating. Like mm -hmm. the sort of like you unlock the map by finding this one point and it fills everything in, right? Obviously Wind Waker did this sort of stuff. It was just a fish. It was a little different. <laughs> um, but what I really yeah. like about yeah. this game is, so they, and, and I'm, I'm sure the designers at Ubisoft struggle with this and will admit this too. What happened though with certain games like Far Cry is that those quests became rote. They yeah. just became, yeah. the equivalent of a fetch quest find a, a thing climb it turn on the computer and the map gets filled in and then what zelda does now is like yeah you oh. climb the tower you get this really cool rewarding cutscene that's unlike any other tower yep. unlock that i've seen then you go to the second uh tower and you go the door is locked yeah or yeah you go like or the door is open and you touch the the touchpad doesn't work, right? Like they, they constantly do this sort of like, oh, I know what to do. And they, burr, burr. Yeah. yeah. I have to say um, for the towers things, one thing that keeps popping up that I did not think would happen is there's one tower where this guy is like, oh, I can't get in. Uh, maybe I'll go get some mushrooms in a cave. Oh yeah. And everyone's like, I got all these mushrooms and you won't eat them. Like, no, you just, you, you ascend through the cave. Yeah. Oh, so if you're right. wondering, don't give the guy mushrooms. He's fine. Mm -hmm. <laughs> one of the things, there's other ways to get there. I think that being launched into the sky by those towers is one of the coolest moments I've had it's in so the neat. game for mm -hmm. quite a while. Um, it feels like Nintendo styling and just being like, have a. You thought that the towers of Breath of the Wild were cool? Have a look at this. Uh, yeah. We uh, Tom Marks, who reviewed the game for us, uh, had an idea in the office the other day, which he then uh, recorded and we published, um, which is like flying from the highest point in the game to the to the lowest point in the game, and he launched up to. There's a part in the sky where the game just goes stop. Yeah, that's that's enough. Thirty three hundred. <laughs> yeah, thirty three hundred. Yeah. And then he did that, and I guess over Gerudo, there's a hole to the depths, and he went all the way from up there, all the way down to the bottom, and it's like basically seamless, yeah. and it's yeah. I, it's no man's sky yeah there is yeah. there's there's stuff happening i am not a, a, a video game programmer i do not even begin to understand how that world works but there is stuff that happened that is happening in this game that i just look at and i'm like i don't know yeah. how they're pulling this off the, I, know the, a, I know a programmer who's worked on a number of open world games mm -hmm. and she she was pretty scar scoffing pretty hard at scarlet and violet i have to say yeah at tears of the kingdom she's like i am in awe of this game yeah i the don't know how they did this yeah incredible the LOD man management where they, they, they're they kind of, you know, they, they're simplifying objects when they get farther away from the camera. I actually think it's so good that the game looks at its best when you're at the highest point. Like mm -hmm. when you're up in the yeah. sky and you look at the world, it's freaking gorgeous. It's right. so good. Yeah. It's like when you're getting closer to things sometimes, especially with all the grass and the effects going on, that's when it struggles a bit, clearly. But yeah, yeah like sure. the, just to, you know, what, what you're describing 
there's a point to the towers after you use them for the first time. When you use them for the first time, you're tethered. Yeah. You see this like data exchange animation is really cool. But unlike the UV towers, which are then worthless, you can still use these to fast travel and launch yourself from, and you get height and you use it as shortcuts. Which oh, I, I really love it. Like. I love it so much. Yeah. Also, it's just zooming in with your pad when you're in like midair, it'll pause your descent while you look around yep. and scope the yeah. area. Yeah. Oh. I, I love doing that and like tagging a location um, and doing that with, with uh, your camera or with your pad is so much more fun than just like clicking an icon on a map. Like that's every yeah. other open world game is like that. And I know breath of the wild did this too, but it's just, it's such a rewarding feeling. Yep. God, Tom has so many hearts. <laughs> I'm, so, yeah. I'm envious. By the way, for people hearts. who haven't seen this video, which is everyone, I think it took three and a half minutes for him to go from the highest point to the lowest. Point. Yeah. 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 And he the only used the, the paraglider is... at the last like possible second. So right. It's, it's it's bananas. Uh, we made a. I'm still in awe of the verticality because, like you mentioned, like the the he got to like three thousand three hundred yeah. like meters up. Mm -hmm. When you shoot at a tower, you're at about one thousand. Right. So wow. the amount of sky you can still traverse after getting out of a like a sky view tower is huge. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You you can like get to a place and go like, oh, is that a dragon flying down there? Why is it so far down? Mm -hmm. Oh, one of, on the ground it looks it was so far up, but actually they're pretty close to the ground. Yeah. I will yeah. say the thing that makes me the angriest in this game so far, outside of little uh, little red jazz hands coming after me, is um, <laughs> is uh, is other the pilot wings challenges where you're diving through the ring. Oh yeah, you want to beat that like 25 seconds. Yep, and like I I will land always with 25.2 seconds, and like <sighs> it's uh, it's super fun, but it's also it's you know you gotta dive. Yeah. No, of course, but smack into a wall. Now, uh, Seth, I think like one yes. of the best parts of, of uh, Breath of the Wild was seeing people break the game in like very wild and creative ways. Uh, yes. And it seems, and I think like a, the running theme that we've had in conversations in Talk of the Kingdom has been how uh, Nintendo sort of took all the ideas that people were doing illegally and they legalized them <laughs> for Tears yeah. of the Kingdom, right? You know, they decriminalized. And uh, it's been fascinating i i think even like two days after this game came out watching people make things in this game that i didn't think were possible so uh help us help us break down some of the coolest and craziest things that uh the community has made so far and for those yeah, listening yeah. at home we will do our best to describe them uh you just picture just one of the, some of the silliest and weirdest vehicles you you can possibly imagine but uh if for those watching we'll, we'll take a look at them today so seth what do we got all right, yeah, try to paint a picture in your mind's eye of some of these if you are just listening. But the, the first one is the, the big wheel. And the big wheel is, uh, any guesses as to picture what? Picture in your mind. A big picture wheel. in your mind. Is it a, a big wheel is it a, with a, a platform? Big wheel. Is it a monster Sticking. truck or is it like? No, it's a single, it's like, uh, imagine if you took a Ferris wheel okay. and oh, you man. put a platform oh on God. it and just drove around on it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, look at how cool that thing is. And so this thing goes um, on land and water. It looks like yep. it should explode it's, at any moment. It's like the Ferris wheel scene from that bad Spielberg movie. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know what that is, but I know I feel like I have to check it out. 1940. One, two, one of those. It's like one oh half my of God, that guy uh, from Twisted Metal who has two giant Lucia, wheels yeah. strapped to. Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I don't. I don't understand. Oh, he's got the balancer thing, right? It's yep. a stabilizer in the middle platform, yeah, so it yeah, always yeah. stays upright. So Which yeah, it's just, it's like a Ferris wheel that runs by itself, I and mean, it has a little side platform, like like some. Yeah. Gets stuck in trees. 
Yes, oh. and this has inspired me. Once I get a little bit more into the game, I'm going to make a, a giant penny far thing for my link oh, to ride that's around nice. on with his monocle. That's great. Guy, but yeah, that's the big wheel. <laughs> then we also have. Uh, Love. I it. like this one because somebody on Reddit was very proud of it. But it's uh, Va Ruda. They made their own. But it's very much the we got Va Ruda at home energy <laughs> it is. Uh, it's like some some squares and uh, uh some some other cubes <laughs> just a little little fire hydrant on his nose oh they made so they is... made a little elephant yeah wow. they made a little elephant and look look at this look at this shooting that water <laughs> just like Maruda. Fire nose it's an ele- yeah. see the dungeons are incredible in this game yeah <laughs> it's an elephant it's... with wagon wheel eyes and a water squirting trunk i didn't know idiot. there was a fire yeah. hydrant zoni that yeah, like okay sure mm-hmm. wait what go in the okay. sky there's a whole yeah there's a whole section of the game that's just mario sunshine but um oh a lot of people were really not really no no people were really upset that you can't pet the dogs again in this one so uh somebody <laughs> built a fantabulous dog petting contraption that automates <laughs> will pet this petting dog. the dog so link can't do it but what link can do is build uh this crazy rube goldberg-esque contraption that just pets the dog like pistons and everything it's uh i don't know exactly what the pieces are there but on the end is a wagon wheel and it's just going out and it's petting the pup and look at that he's oh. loving it i saw oh someone gosh. put a skeleton arm on one so it's like oh it's technically it's petting that's so, actually uh, a better is, idea is yeah dog pet? is it happy i uh no some hearts not come mad. out of it at some point it's right? being yeah. pushed uh but i mean look, oh there you go it's happy it's, 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 it's that's a happy dog pet. I love it. Like, what can you pet the dog? No, is one of the only times this game says no to anything, and people were like, "Well, I'll be the judge of that." Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> well, to be fair, though, as as an owner of dogs, I can tell you, Link's method of just dropping stakes probably is something they prefer. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You don't that own is... dogs, pair. You own horses. <laughs> House horses, <laughs> meat-eating horses. They're carnivorous horses. horses. Yes. Ho ho! Um, I have to say it to them, otherwise they run. <laughs> ho ho! <laughs> This year, I decided I actually wanted to like follow hockey a little bit more than just the most casual of casuals. So I subscribed to a service that streams all of the NHL to your television, uh, the Boston Bruins home opener. I went to watch it and boom, blackout restrictions apply, which I thought was kind of ridiculous because I'm still 200 miles away from Boston, but whatever. Had I had NordVPN, that wouldn't have been a problem. I would have just gone in, changed my settings to another geographic area, and boom, I could have been watching all the Boston Bruins home games like it was nothing at all. So now I have NordVPN, and I can watch the home games of my local teams streaming without being frustrated. It's the same thing with, like, Netflix. It has all these complicated licensing rules, which from one country to another don't really make sense. So something you could watch on South Korean Netflix, you won't be able to watch on the United States Netflix unless NordVPN, boom, switch to South Korea, and you're watching whatever Korean drama that you want I highly recommend you do that. I haven't done it myself, but people seem to enjoy them. And who am I to try to bring down people's enjoyment? Uh, NordVPN, more than just entertainment and sports availability, it's going to protect you, especially when you're traveling, when you're using public Wi-Fi. People are trying to get in there. They're creeping on you. Bad actors, people trying to steal your password, your bank account details. Who knows what the government's doing these days? I can't keep track. They're all over the damn place. NordVPN... It's going to protect you. It's going to protect up to six devices because I know you have at least that many devices 
in front of you right now that can hook up to the internet. Boom. Fastest VPN in the world. You're not going to get any buffering. You're not going to get any lagging. Uh, it's going to stop your ISP from bandwidth throttling, which they do. That's kind of sneaky, especially how much you're paying those guys. There's threat protection to protect you from viruses and malicious malware and whatever else. Uh, um, unsavory actors are out there. If you want to get the best discount off your Nord VPN plan, go to nordvpn.com slash Nintendo VC. That's nordvpn.com slash Nintendo VC. Victor Charlie. Uh, that link is also going to give you four extra months on the two-year plan. There is no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. That's nice of them, and I appreciate that. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Um, this is amazing. All right, this this is probably <laughs> one of the like most pro- prolific creators out there. It's this guy on t- TikTok, Soul Banana Zero, and uh, I mean, I'm gonna get to probably my favorite creation by this person, but you just go to their TikTok and they've done they're uh, they're making mechs basically, like huge, mm-hmm. ridiculous mechs that run all over the damn place that do all kinds of crazy things that don't seem possible i don't understand how they're being built because it's it's uh, a little bit more detailed than the elephant like well this isn't it but this is uh this is one of their traps they built a trap for uh, all this bokoblin tribe that just oh, oh no shoots fill it's the kowloon god fire oh, no. trap oh, and it just oh, scorches god. them uh in the most horrible horrible possible way um and this is yeah and then there's this weird like <laughs> light device that blinds everything um it's yeah this is, oh, this is absolutely the, the tiktok so, i might reinstall tiktok i've i've unlocked the uh imagine getting high beam by every car in existence yeah i've unlocked the spotlight zone eye things and i always wondered like all right man these are good in the depths and stuff like that if you yep. want to if you want to mess around a little bit and want to be more seen. down there but i didn't i didn't think to drive around the open world and just bother people with them yeah. you know just yeah. like uh, shoot them right in people's eyes that's that's ridiculous somebody yeah. made a vf valkyrie speaking of mechs oh uh, i did see that across oh my god oh that was the that was the, like that was the one that was the one i was gonna end with yeah because i yeah. thought that was the best one. Oh yeah it was see. actually so cool it was actually that uh that twitter user soul banana who did it and then made it with the macross frontier goes, yeah. i mean we'll get we'd get like a content match, but made the, the, the music from the anime. Oh, this one's too. a little different than the one that I saw. Like, yeah, this one's different. There's in the sky shooting lasers and everything. <laughs> yeah. So this is, yeah. this is straight up like a roller skating mech. Yeah. With yep. swinging uh, arms, with swinging with, arms and lasers, and lasers and, and fire uh, wow. missiles. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. He uses the sled think... for the shield for the front. Not yeah. like not what the, uh, Bokoblin signed up for. Like they, they did not, not had no idea this was happening. <laughs> I, you know, one and I think a lot was, go ahead. Sorry. I w- one of my friends was saying, you think armored core is going to be uh tears of the kingdom? Like, well, I can play armored core and tears of the kingdom. <laughs> yeah. so. Someone built armored core oh, and tears Lionel. of the kingdom, basically. Do we, but, do we uh, know if there's a limit? Like, d- is, is there a point where the game is like, stop, please. You can't glue anything else to this thing. 
I haven't hit it. Oh my god! <laughs> I've done like the long bridges thing that we joked about. Yep. I've, I've done that where you know I went. You were supposed to throw chestnuts into a fire, and I of course didn't talk to the NPC, so I just made the longest bridge ever, and I oh, right. kept on stacking logs together. And I'm like, is this game gonna say no? And like, no, the game didn't say no. When when you make we uh, we there's been a lot of discussion in the last week about the long bridges. It's been like a whole thing on the internet. Uh, when you make those really long bridges, like just by gluing things together uh, until it's you know the size of a f football field, and then you use ultra hand to pick it up, yeah. it feels like everything should break. It's it like, starts. Yeah, you're swinging this like very long precarious thing, and it just it works. It, they actually simulate it bends in the middle when yeah. it gets really long. It bends. So like the physics calculations on it, I just how. Really Impressive. How funny is it when you make one of those and you go to reach across and it falls, and it's then not funny at all. No, and you have to rebuild. All of that. <laughs> it's the same. You recall it back up. Yeah, yeah. We've all done it, right? We've like I. By the way, great example of a game design when you build your first sail raft. Uh huh. I think most people will accidentally send that raft off without them. Yeah. And there's just enough pieces nearby to make a second one. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, Nintendo started yes. with just enough pieces for one. And then always people go like, oh, no, there it goes. Yeah. That's where the QA testing yeah. was. That's yeah. so good. In, in the depths, I'm constantly building things that just crash and explode or get stuck in the Well, the worst is the mud. if you use an axe or something to activate your Zonai oh devices God. and you destroy an entire... Yeah, I, I mean, that's... Yeah. What, always use arrows. Yeah, that's... that's but use, the, use arrows. Yeah, that, that's yeah. such a good tip, Brennan. I think you put that in one of our Slack channels the other day and like... The, you you changed you changed destiny for me because uh, <laughs> the amount of videos out there on the internet of somebody painstakingly building something with ultra hand and then they get onto it and they smack it with something and it just explodes into smithereens <laughs> is so funny. We like I mentioned it. Tom mentioned his review. Wiley Coyote Looney Tunes just constantly happening in this yeah. game. It's it's been great to see. So good. Um, Here's the thing, though. Uh, people are not just using this creativity for good. Uh, the Zelda's community creativity is being extended to uh, destruction, evil. Uh, to evil, specifically destroying the peaceful tranquility and sanity of the Korok species. That's right. People are creating elaborate torture devices for Koroks. And I wanted to check in with all of you to see how we feel about that ethically, morally, emotionally. Um, Brennan, let's start with you. You've played this game a lot. I feel like you've had uh, maybe um, the most sympathy whittled away from you when it comes to <laughs> finding them, interacting with them. I assume you got them all in the last game and was hand-delivered a golden poop from Hestu as his gift. You can uh, see my villain, villain origin story building up from there. Yeah, exactly. What, what is your stance on Korok torture? <laughs> There are levels that I've seen that I have not risen to. <laughs> I'm fully expecting to go to like the great Deku tree in the forest and go like, you know, get out. Yep. Your persona non grata. <laughs> just, just leave, please. It's like, um, I saw what you I, did. <laughs> yeah. I think it started with the first one. The first one that needs to help find his friend in the sky and you just like ram him across the rails into his face. Yeah. But um, yeah, I've had some, some interesting opportunities to have fun and the one that I think about the most wasn't really, okay, I'll let you decide whether this was, you know, uh, just a simple um, Uber service or kidnapping. <laughs> um, at one point when I, you know, I was by a stable and I was like, I saw another Korok. I was like, oh, I need help find my friend. And I'm like, where, what's the limit of where I can take him to? What if I just take him somewhere else? So I took out my, my horse from the stable. I attached a towing harness. And I got a wagon nearby in the stable to attach to. 
And I'm like, all right, you're coming with me. So he's like, uh, find my friend. I'm like, no, you're going to go in the wagon. We're going to go on a little ride. Don't worry. It's on the way. So we, we head out from, I think it was like Dooling Peak Stable. I go over the bridge and bump, bump, bump. He's like falling off the back and put him back in. I didn't want to glue him in because I just like to see him bounce around. Uh-huh. And he's screaming the entire time. I need to find my friend. No, we went through Kakariko Village and down into Central Hyrule. I find another Korok. Cool. Join the party. So now I have two. And we continue to go on this roundabout trip through Central Hyrule and Hyrule Field, finding more Koroks to stash into my wagon, which is now like the, the Koroki trail or something. And it gets to the point where I have like six or seven. Oh, my God. And each time they'll be like, hey, uh, have you got separated? Can you help me? And I look at my wagon. It's full of people like, yeah, hop in. <laughs> and we get to a point where um, a little further than this, where I was like, okay, to take a shortcut around because I want to get to like the Hyrule Ridge. So I go down <laughs> through this area that's full of uh, oh my God. goblins. And by this point in the game, I'm really laid in, like past the story mode. So there's a silver bokoblin running at me with a horse. I slam into him with my carriage. He does a backflip onto the, the cart behind me with all the Koroks and starts waving his spear around. I'm just like, oh my God, no. <laughs> I jump out. He kills my horse on one hit. All the Koroks scatter. I'm like, all right, I'm going to reload an earlier save and try this again. Uh, yeah, I think it was it was this part here. Like, it's just like an amazing, like, like it's like a Looney Tunes moment <laughs> where I'm just like, should I get out and fight? No, I, I can, I can power through this. And like, Everything that happened was a moment that you you could not recreate. This is it. Just it yeah. just this is it was like how they got all the kids to the Donkey Island in did, Pinocchio. Like, I was going to say, did, <laughs> did you ever get to Wally World? Or yeah, we did eventually. So yeah, after this point, he does a backflip onto the car and just goes crazy. What? And he would instantly kill me in one oh, hit. No, there goes my. God. Okay, so if it was, it was just you have to watch the so footage I, on the show, if, I, if you I cannot, I cannot fathom how you how you did this. There's also like, there's no reason to do this. You 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 you, oh, no. you specifically disconnected them from the Koroks they were supposed to go meet and brought them together with the other Koroks. Like you took like. So I decided to have a house party at the end. I'm like, you know, let's just go to my pad. So we went all the way up to Akala, and I was like, okay, let's get a selfie together, have a little like outdoor patio. So they're all they're all screaming in the back of my car the entire time it's like it's starting to begin make the game stutter so early because they're all yelling at once earlier in the show and then eventually you, i get a cool little selfie with them turn into a pain oh my, in my god house and <laughs> it's my little adventure early in the show you said you've done everything and nothing in this game and i'm glad we got to the part where you did nothing because this is there's <laughs> nothing pro- i guess there is something productive because you put a you put no one else has this photo right it's it's in True. your home now um this is like Heart of Darkness, man. I don't know, Brendan, what happened to you and I. I didn't, I didn't know you were going to tell Look, that story. on the way to their friend, okay? We just made some stops. I, I was not expecting any of that. I'm I'm floored right now. I think um, so many games guy. would be, yeah. if you tried to do that, you'd get away from a certain point, and then they'd be like, hey, my friend's over there, and then they would like warp back or something. Well, yeah, I was waiting for that moment to happen. carry them around for one, so long. One of my favorite uh, gameplay videos from like the last probably decade is uh, there was somebody playing Red Dead Redemption 2, who tried to see if they could carry a bowl of soup across the entire map. <laughs> and there's all these different things that get in the way while you're holding the soup and uh, stop it and it, it can f- force it to like despawn from your hand. If you bump into anything, there's an NPC that can bother you and the soup disappears. So he was just like, whoa, whoa, carrying the soup across the entire map. And in Tears of the Kingdom, you can just steal a bunch of Koroks, put them in, in, the, in the truck and drive <laughs> around all day. What? Imagine if you roll up to Gandalf at the end going like, 
hey, here's my Korok army. They're looking for their friend. It's you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's not what they signed up for, Brendan. They did not want to do that. Uh Seth, yeah, I was the friend they were looking for. Seth, we've seen we've seen uh, video. The, one of my favorite ones, our favorite air quotes, uh, favorite, is yeah. is there's a video of a bunch of of, of uh, like six or seven Koroks on a like rotisserie, oh and they're God. just rotating over open fires, and they're just like help, help, help. And I want to point out that all of us tortured Koroks a little bit, if only by accident, in Breath of the Wild. You pick up the rock, yes. the Korok goes ya ha ha, and you drop the rock by accident or on purpose, and he goes. <laughs> yeah. and it makes that noise so we've they all knew. done it you they know knew. we've all done some mild bludgeoning uh what's your stance on korok uh torture i am uh it's weird because i'm against it okay um that's not weird by though, the way well, no 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 i have to tell you why it's weird <laughs> i'm against it but when i see a little korok squirming around saying my friends over there i'm like ah come on really like i don't want to deal with these guys and it's because i am a dog owner and those what they remind me of oh my like God. what a tick looks like when it's full <laughs> of blood and it's squirming around and it's super disgusting to me. And I just I don't want to deal with them, or I do deal with them, and it's the same way, like, well, speaking of dog, like when you pick up a little dog mess, you're like, uh get out, gone, get out of here. So um I that I'm against it. I always felt bad when I would drop the rock on their head. And I'm not gonna try to like make their lives any more disgusting. Any more disgusting, yeah. Yeah. So okay. now, now that uh, I've said that they look like full, fully uh, uh, exploded ticks, now everyone will the, see that. The moment I realized that you could pick up the backpack ones with Ultra Hand and stick them to things, I was like, it's over for them. Like I, I'm not doing this. <laughs> I don't have interest in doing this. But I, I knew immediately the internet was going to destroy these little things. Yeah. Pear, what about you? Do you think the I guy who designed it lives in fear of what he's created? Yeah. <laughs> I honestly feel bad. I, yeah, I, I feel bad for them. And like, yeah, they did, they did set it up as, hey, don't worry. These are indestructible, right? Like in the first game, when you drop the rock on them, they're like, man, they can take it. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, this game takes it to the new level. And like they, they knew because of the way the game is set up that, you know, there's like a Korok saying, I want to go over there. And there's building materials next to it. And yeah. then sometimes the building materials get a little powerful yeah right yeah and uh and and the stuff you carry obviously and so i think everybody's gonna do the rocket thing yeah i think the rocket thing's okay i think building a rotisserie is you know the rotisserie like i was excessive. like oh god boy mm -hmm. you've got some problems i mean i want to start by asking i'm really curious about how all of this came to be because i know that developers were absolutely trying it out on their own and mm -hmm. probably having a lot of fun. I'm sure they were testing things out, messing around with it and everything. And that's why I kept getting delayed. So <laughs> probably, I, I think that Korok torture probably added at least a year to this. Game. Um, the thing that I find interesting. So tears of the kingdom, uh, sold 10 million copies in three days. Uh -huh. Just an astonishing number, especially for a Zelda game. And, uh, our social media head, Bob Marshall, uh, it was interesting. He said that actually tears of the kingdom wasn't hitting particularly hard for IGN video and his thesis was that uh, the kids weren't that interested right in tears of the kingdom uh going in on tiktok and insta but the second that they started <laughs> they learned about all the crazy things that you could do including the korok torture yeah. they were like aha and i think that korok torture is a key part of why this game is successful because 
memification won't guarantee won't isn't necessary to be a success but it can sure supercharge yes it. yes minecraft minecraft yeah. and roblox right both have seen that sort of effect and like minecraft it took it took years for somebody to wor- build a working calculator using redstone pieces in in the game and like yeah. we know we know zelda is just gonna it's gonna get crazier and crazier just just to illustrate how much the building aspects of tears of the kingdom has caught the collective video game internet our community by uh surprise did you know that a week after tears of the kingdom came out oh, uh, oh a God. a lego a lego video game was released <laughs> does anybody know that Lego 2K Drive came oh, out. came out. It came out this oh. week. You can oh. build your own vehicles in it and drive them around oh. like Lego, like you love to do. No one knows that happened because you it yet? no, because I'm building vehicles in, in Zelda, which I never thought I, you know, what I didn't like. Yeah. We we've been there are other games. They've been trying to per, uh, perfect that like building mechanism yeah, in yeah. Lego video games for ages, and Nintendo just did it here. In, a, yep. in in their own weird way, and people are mostly using it to kill cute little woodland animals and stuff like that, or rotisserie <laughs> them. Wow. But still, I think a wild well, point to clarify is that like all the meme videos and all the building stuff, people are like I see comments going like, "Oh, what is why is Zelda Fortnite now?" Like Zelda is still very much Zelda. Yeah. Like yeah. I went to the main story barely building anything mm-hmm. there yeah. are certain points where it's like, "Oh, you should really build like a minecart with like a little thing or a, a small one glider," but by and large, you can do most of this game's story and a lot of its side quests without doing that much building. No. Like, it's, it's just, just a side thing, to. and it's yeah. so huge. It's, it, yeah. it's compelling. So it optional. just shows the number of options. Yeah. It is compelling to put, you know, like a rocket on the back of a minecart or something mm-hmm. like that and be like, oh, I could do that. That's cool. Or to be able to solve a problem. And then uh, you can dig so much more deeply if you want. Uh, that said, screw the Koroks. Uh, they can all burn. Uh, <laughs> I thought that question, Breath of the Wild, was terrible for the most part. So um, I, I'm delighted to watch them finally get their comeuppance after giving all these poor, poor lost souls who spend all of their time looking for seeds, uh, giving them golden poops. Yeah. You get what you deserve, my friends. That's you know, that's that's been the number one justification I've heard for golden Korok poop. torture is the is Hestu's gift, the golden poop that they give you at the end of that game. And the smaller poop. Just strap rocket to Hestu next. It's karma. Send him to space. Oh, he's 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 DOA. They're gonna they're coming for him next. <laughs> I don't even know what they're gonna do to that guy. Poor guy. Um speaking of collecting hundreds of useless things, uh pair. Oh. <laughs> what? No, I'm what kidding. are you talking about? Uh, you own every amiibo from? ever made, 206 of them so far, many of which have appeared on this desk uh, throughout the duration of the show. They are multiplying. Uh, if you didn't have your life together in nearly every other category, I would be slightly worried about you. Uh, amiibo support is actually pretty awesome in Tears of the Kingdom, um, yeah. probably more so than any Nintendo game we've seen in a while. So I figured uh, we could talk a bit about uh, what your experience has been like with Amiibo and uh, just how you like the Amiibo support in general. What has my experience been with? Well, there, I think there are 29 Zelda Amiibo on this on this desk right now. Is they, that how many have been released? There are a lot of them. There's not a Korok, which is 
Oh, that's a mistake. Oh, the people would coming. probably light him on fire. <laughs> yeah, we'll think of self-immolating Korok uh, and Mebo. Yeah. I mean, we got we got a free freaking bubble clan, right? Is that I know. Yeah, the bubble clans are back. Oh. Uh, no, I mean the, the integration is pretty good. Like you can you can use your uh, Zelda amiibo to unlock things, but they're not locked behind this these uh, figures as as DLC, right? right. Uh, everything you can unlock with them can be found in the game the organic way as well. But it sure is a nice shortcut. So each one of them, when you scan them, it'll drop stuff. It'll drop um, items from the sky and a treasure chest. Mm -hmm. And there's a random element to it. What you get, um, you get some armor based on classic uh, franchises. You get patterns for your glider. Which I really like. I think that's a that's a really cool addition this so, time around. Yeah, so, you know, your Wind Waker link will unlock the, you know, the King of Red Lions yep. uh, pattern for your glider that you, um, you know, take to town and, and have it printed on it. Um, and and what what is nice is you, you can stock up on items. You can use them once a day to uh, you know make it rain and stock on stock up on items. So like mm -hmm. certain sort of fish or you know ingredients or you know like this uh, this bad boy will drop metal boxes from the sky. Oh which right, can be a, a nice surprise to rain on your enemies as well. Yeah. Uh, so you know oh. they're fun ways to like play with these. Um, but I gotta say, it, it is a chore. It is. It no. is. It is a chore. Yeah. When and you smoke well, and you sit on this horde you of, don't, of, you don't have amiibo. to scan them all. I have to every scan day. them. No. Okay. Every day. That is. I mean, that is the quest I undertook. I have to scan <laughs> them. Also, have you timed uh, yourself doing it? Uh, for those for those of you who did some uh, filthy, dirty time traveling in Animal Crossing, oh, yeah. you'll be excited to know that if you go into your system settings and you change the clock on your Switch to the next day. Yep fun little cheat code you can scan them oh. all over again so i've heard hey you know what i have another little little cheat code that i discovered yesterday i ordered the ocarina of time reprint mm -hmm. and it arrived yesterday and i tore it open they don't put that little piece of foil in the bottom to block the uh the nfc oh, signal really? anymore oh. so yeah i could have scanned it uh through the box and not have had to have opened it and therefore ruined its collectible value so. it's wow. it's funny that they had that to begin with because that that implies that people were like sneaking their wii u game pads into you know into best, best buy, buy and, like, <laughs> yeah i know we had a moment here in the office where i would brought in all the amiibo i thought but one of my kids had ganked one from the shelf and i didn't know and like sam is like by, by one of your kids do you mean somebody who works here <laughs> no no at, at home at home i hope you guys aren't in my house are you in my house no um, no no uh, and sam said Where, where's the bird and I'm like, oh, oh crap, I don't have sorry. the bird. And he goes, I have the bird, but it's in its original box. And I'm like, well, you got to open it. He's like, he wouldn't. <laughs> he didn't open it. And it did have that little metal thing that, that shielded it. We tried everything to scan it. So no. I, I tweeted this out, but like I had the, the, the Link's Awakening Amiibo is my favorite one. Uh, not only because I love the, so the design on it, but it's got this like really cool kind of sheen to it. You know, it's yeah. got like a shininess. And um, that one works in this game. And I scanned it and I got uh, the uh, tunic of Awakening. And then I got the trousers of Awakening, which is an odd phrase. But then I got mm -hmm. uh, the... A helmet hat it's, a, it's, it's the mask of awakening. the mask of awakening which uh if you haven't seen i will not spoil but i will say that it looks like nothing else in the rest of the game <laughs> it is incredibly silly um it has animated yeah. hair but its face stays exactly the same so in like deep introspective beautiful cutscenes, you just have this face that is not matching the tone of the room and it's very <laughs> oh, very very funny that's neat I, yeah oh, and, and they you know some some of the random rewards are 
weapons from another age where they're not decayed. Oh yeah, oh. yeah. You know, you get you get clean weapons. I think you can probably talk to some like likes to do that too. Oh yeah. You get yep. clean weapons from some of these, and then the only sad thing is Midna and Wolf Link will not spawn a wolf. To oh help. right. That would have been the ultimate That's... reward, like in Twilight Princess. But they, um, they, do, they do give you the best meat. paraglider outfit. Yeah. And yeah, they give they can yeah. give you that, and they also give you a ton of meat. And yeah. I kept I kept uh, swiping that amiibo uh, or scanning it. Um, to to try and get the wolf or try to get something and i realized like 20 hours into the game i had like 700 steaks <laughs> just walking around. so any every time i was yeah. hungry in a battle just eat 15 20 steaks you can scan... I exclusively uh use the the paraglider from the wolf link because it's uh, the mirror of twilight and it glows right. in the dark oh, yeah. which oh, is cool. the coolest one The ultimate, I mean, fulfilling the promise of Amiibo would, of course, be that you get something unique for each one of them, whether right. it's Zelda or, or not. And like Mario Maker, I think, was the one game that did that where you oh, got yeah. all the little yeah. characters. And obviously that was maybe a little bit more doable because they only had to do 2D sprites instead of uh, and they didn't, stuff. They didn't have 206 but, Amiibo at the time. But yeah, I mean, it's it's, <laughs> it's still, yeah, that's right. It's still, uh, well, there were a lot, though. That there game were a lot. Unlocked, there were a lot of unlocks in that. But no, I, I do appreciate um, from Breath of the Wild where people were kind of had the, the, the FOMO of like, oh, I can't get the, the classic Link tunics yeah. if I don't have the Amiibo. And this, you can still find all the Amiibo armor and the weapons in the world yeah. if you explore deep enough to find them. The only things you can't get, I think, are the paraglider skins, which are just cosmetic yeah and even like getting a pona from the uh the twilight princess link is like yeah you get a pona early and that's great but you can't upgrade a pona or you can't like customize a pona it's just the pona the horse with set stats yeah the other horses you find you can eventually get them to be as good or better mm -hmm. than a pona in, ter in terms of unlocking um uh costumes and stuff like that without amiibo uh i will say that when you're in the depths and you see pose those little blue lights collect as many of them as you can mm -hmm. constantly because uh they will come gotcha. in handy later on uh and finally i i got out of the game a very long time ago pair you're you know you're committed uh, we, uh, old school NVC fans will remember during the Wii U era when we didn't have games to talk about. We mostly talked about bothering Target employees at 7.30 in the morning <laughs> to see if Rosalina was there yet. Um, we, we didn't have a lot going on. Uh, but I will say I did buy the brand new Tears of the Kingdom Amiibo, and it's yep. gorgeous. It's like they still still has a little ice blocks on his feet. I don't know why. You know, It's better than the pee stick he had on the first one. You know, the first Link one had that... <laughs> that yellow yes. rectangle oh, that but one. uh it's 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 a really beautiful amiibo and uh it was cool to get one of those again for the first time in a very long time for sure yeah um, i wasn't even intending to buy it mm -hmm. but i went to a, a launch a pre-launch party and I, I picked up the game and they're like here have the amiibo too and i'm like but, but sure why oh, not yeah and then mm -hmm. as soon as i got home i'm like this is actually a really good amiibo yeah i'm happy to have this one all the zelda <laughs> A lot of the Zelda amiibos are really good. They got better. I mean, like, look, yeah. look at the more yeah. recent ones. You know, Very Zelda and her toucan are also really yeah, nice. Her toucan. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but they, they, honestly, like, if you go back, like, where's the early Link? Is the one with the P stand, the yellow stand? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, and yeah. like you here, and you see, you know, how much more sophisticated they've become with, you know, pulling off the pose without many like bars and things it's it's just bars. what was the the captain falcon one where he's like there's just like a stick under his foot holding well, his his leg up i mean yeah uh yeah that's also the good. early designs had like the the face of like the ice cream melted off of them okay. 
<laughs> I was actually, I was looking at the, I did the same thing as you, Pear. I, I picked up my um, Smash Brothers Link Amiibo, which was one of the first Amiibo they ever launched, right? Mm -hmm. It was in that first wave. Yeah. And I put it, it next the to the, wave, yeah. yeah, I put it next to the Tears of the Kingdom one. And the the uh, the Smash Brothers one is really funny because there was a thing with those where like 50% of them had eyes that were just completely mismatched. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. looking in totally different directions. <laughs> so he's got a very, he's got this serious pose and then he's just got the goofiest face. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, that's that's the amiibo support uh, so far in Tears of the Kingdom. Like we said, everything there you can still unlock uh, doing just regular gameplay, which has been really fun. Um, but yeah, I, I I just love talking about this game. I wanted to check in with all of you before we go, uh, just about like some of our favorite moments that we've had so far playing tears of the kingdom um we'll stay away from spoiler free stuff but kind of like you know uh things that have been like really funny or really interesting or really charming really caught you off guard uh cat let's start with you i was running toward, down a canyon trying to get to the rito village uh-huh and i came across a pile of stuff including the glider for the first time oh i had no idea how the actual glider worked but there were rockets and i had remembered that somebody built a multi-stage rocket in Tears of the Kingdom, I'm like, well, maybe I should just attach the rockets to mm -hmm. the, the glider. I didn't think about adding an engine to the glider. So I was able to kind of cobble together a few different things. I cobbled together a little car, uh -huh. cobbled together a glider and with rockets and a stick. And then I was I launched and I went into the air and I was like, aha, freedom. I did it at last. And then the <laughs> rockets went and then totally flew off and flew away into the horizon. I didn't know where they went. And my my poor little glider just started going. Ee. Yeah. I was like, uh, alas. But it was a good lesson in how to actually do things. And then I discovered that you could do the rewind trick to actually oh, yeah. watch yourself. You don't yeah. need the rockets to get up into the I, air. So. I, uh, I have put rockets on backwards way too many times. Also... Like I've uh, on the opening tutorial island. I figured out that I could do the the floating platform all the way back. Right. Just over the entire island, and I was I felt so smart, even though I figured mm -hmm. that they probably put it there for that exact reason. Pear, what about you? I had forgotten that I had the recall ability for a, a good portion of the game. Uh, you know, obviously, when you're in the overworld, like for traverse, like getting yourself up in the sky, it's just indispensable now. But like in the beginning, I didn't. And I went to my first temple and I was standing. I'm not going to say which one it is, but like I was standing on a platform and a cannon shot a giant freaking bullet bill at me. <laughs> and it was it was about to impact with me. And I hit the shoulder button and I selected recall and I selected the cannonball and it flew back and destroyed the cannon. I'm like, what? Cool. Does anybody know this exists? Can anybody, does anybody know this works? Like those moments where you have this discovery where you feel like there are a million ways to solve this and probably the best place, the best thing would be to just jump away and, and run away. And like, just to kind of stumble upon that was just really mm -hmm. cool. Seth, what about you? Uh, I, I was loving this game a lot, but I still wasn't loving it more than Breath of the Wild uh, until I did my first dungeon and i had heard that oh well, the dungeons are different you know you you don't find the iron boots to sink to the bottom you don't find like the hook shot to swing across gaps you know blah 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 and so i went into this dungeon with that sort of mindset that i was like ah, this isn't going to be a classic but i was wrong and everyone who said that is an idiot because it is a classic it is a classic zelda dungeon that is using the tears of the kingdom like game mechanic. 
Mm-hmm. And it was so awesome and so fun and so rewarding. I never got frustrated. There was never a time where I was like, I don't know what I'm doing here. And it was just like discovery after discovery. And then like cat, like I felt super smart when I figured something out. I was like, of course I use this power that I have now to, to, to do this, this thing right here. And then I was like, okay, this is actually, this is now my favorite game of all time. <laughs> um, yeah. Awesome. Brennan, what about you? Uh, it's a lot to talk about, but I'll probably focus on something early. Uh, like the first time going to the depths is such like an eye opener experience yeah. mm-hmm. and going like, where am I supposed to go? Like everything's so dark. Where am I allowed to travel? And the early part where I'm like trying to get away across the, the gloom, it's everywhere. How am I going to get across? I look over to him right. And there is a skeleton horse just chilling. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, can, I, can I, can I ride that? Will it work on the gloom? And it you, lets you go over the gloom with no you know, bad effects happening. So I just found my new horse and we were just running across the dark plains of this weird underground world. And I'm just like, how do they fit all this under here? I, I couldn't believe it. It was such a cool experience. It just keeps to going. To find this stuff on my own and go like off exploring in random directions. Yeah, I can't even, I can't even fathom that because I, 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 Tom tipped me off on that. So you played it before launch. That would have blown my mind. Ladies and gentlemen, that is... Just about all the time we have for uh, this week's very special Zelda episode of Nintendo Voice Chat. Uh, be sure to come back every Thursday uh, as we skydive into gameplay tips, uh, secrets, all that fun stuff, uh, adventures. We've, we've got everything. Um, and plus our stories as we explore the vast world of Hyrule. The game is out there in the wild. Uh, I, I'm loving watching people break it uh, and and hurt Koroks in strange and bizarre ways. Uh, remember, we've got a few more episodes left of Talk of the Kingdom. Uh, it's available on all your favorite podcast platforms. It's on IGN, YouTube, everywhere uh, you get your shows. If you're watching us on YouTube, leave us a like and a nice comment. If you're listening on a podcast app, leave us a review. Do not forget to follow Nintendo Voice Chat on Twitter. Oh, and if you like the Zelda shirt I'm wearing, check out the IGN store. We've got a ton of awesome Zelda and Tears of the Kingdom shirts up there right now. Uh, if you love the world's saltiest licorice that takes, tastes like the depths, check out Paris' German hometown oh. of Linglesburg. <laughs> it's a beautiful place. That's Paris was raised exclusively on salted Linglesburg. Linglesburg, Germany. Real? Yeah, in Germany. That's echt. And they have salty licorice there? <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I, did I blow up your spot? I, I'm going. I'm going. Everyone's going to fly use it to a weapon? Commit to the bit. Yeah, if you guys like horrible like candy that tastes sword? like the sea, this, you got to go check out Linklesburg. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thanks for watching and listening to Talk at the Kingdom. No one knew that was coming. We'll see you next week. And remember that NBC is the only place where you can the tingle. Get, get the, get the tingle. tingle. I should have warned you about that. Is Linklesburg real? Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.